Welcome to Save It For The Podcast. I'm your host, Pat Cusick, alongside my co-host, John Doyle. How we doing, everybody? And Mark Cacuzzo. Hello to all of our faithful listeners and to my two fellow podcast hosts. Hello after a way too long uh, break. Hello, Mark, and hello to everybody out there listening. We are back after a little holiday sabbatical, refreshed and rejuvenated in the year 2023. How's everybody's Christmas? How's everybody's New Year's? How we doing, boys? Uh, Great Christmas. Back. Yeah, great Christmas. Great, uh, happy uh, New Year to everyone. Happy to be back. Mark, what are you doing for New Year's? I haven't talked to you yet. Yeah, I um, we stuck in Arlington. to my aunt's house, then my mom's house on Christmas Day, and then I went to the Celtics-Bucks game Christmas Day. Seems like a million years ago for some reason. And then um, New Year's, I went to a friend-slash-client party in Southie. Very low-key, though. Nice. You guys? I went to a couple of parties, too, on New Year's. Just low-key around here. Nothing nothing fancy. Good. Dole, I think we're all caught up, right? You're good? All right. Go yeah. went to a wedding. He had a blast, I'm sure. Oh my God, that's right. Yeah, John, that's right. You went to a wedding. It's been... excellent. Yeah, it was all right. You know, it's, I'm a little. I'm retired from New Year's Eve weddings. I'll say that. I've I've been to three. Three is plenty. That's more than putting on a tuxedo and dancing New Year's away. That's what he told me. Yeah. John, can you imagine if you got COVID again um, <laughs> at this wedding, like you did a year ago? Yeah, that was the gift that that was the wedding gift that kept giving for sure. He actually managed to avoid it because he got COVID shortly before the wedding, so he couldn't get it again. He was this is, double jeopardy. Patrick, this is uh, this is episode ninety three of Saving for the Podcast slash one year anniversary of me giving John and his entire family COVID. <laughs> yeah, somehow managing to not give it to me or Amy though when we short, shared a very tight car ride over there together. That's because you probably were riddled with like three other viruses that particular week. I hope you gave it to the woman at the front desk who charged you five hundred dollars for your hotel room. Oh, it's good point, John. Damn it! I think she was wearing a mask. <laughs> that was an expensive New Year's for you, Mark. I hope this year was a lot cheaper. Much cheaper. Uh, well, we do have a lot to catch up to on. We've got some some stuff we'll cover and um, a lot of stuff to get to in three big questions. Anything you want to touch on in particular in the intro? Celts are playing okay. They got a game tonight against uh, the Thunder. NBA is pretty crazy right now. I feel like there's a lot of really good teams. Yeah, yeah. The, the Nuggets are. I think I think we can crown Jokic as the best player in basketball. He might be, man. He, he's so tough to play against when his teammates aren't horrible. Yeah. He and Doncic. This will be – it's going to be an interesting NBA – I mean, we'll talk more about it in the coming weeks as football sort of winds down, but it's a pretty loaded Eastern Conference. Our hated Nets are like hot on the Celts' tails all of a sudden. Yeah, do you – who, who, who would you be most afraid to play if you're the Celtics – um, in the first round of the, of the of the playoffs, you know, like who are these out of these Eastern Conference teams? Who scares you the most? First round, none of them really. I would say, like, I guess theoretically, the team that would scare you the most out of the first round series would be like a Miami. Yeah, right. Say Miami Celts wind up one, and Miami gets the eight seed. I mean, they're in the seven spot now. It just we've seen Miami is not having a good year, but Jimmy Butler is a different animal in the playoffs, and we know they have guys that give us a hard time. Yeah, Jimmy Butler is tough. And, Peck, can I just ask you a question because you're an NBA aficionado? Yeah. Uh, now, obviously some recency bias but because I, I was at the Celtics-Bucks game. Had a had great seats and to toot my own horn. But I, I thought this in the playoffs last year when I watched the Celtics versus the Bucks, and I thought this when I watched the game the other day. Giannis Antetokounmpo obviously does things physically that no other person on earth can do, but he's a very raw player. Wouldn't you say, like, I'm watching Tatum, who has, like, who's three or four years, uh, I think, or two, like, one or two years less than Antetokounmpo, and it's just so much more skilled yeah. than Antetokounmpo? I, I agree. Well, I mean, I kind of compare him. It doesn't really work in the specific ways that, that they, their bodies are, but he is Shaq-esque in some ways, Giannis says, right, in that his game is about physical domination, where you can't. Shaq, it was just sheer size in the post. This is, you know, length and athletic ability. 
But the Celtics have had success against the Bucks because they have guys that are able to provide some sort of, you know, wall against that. When you watch the Bucks play some other teams, it's just like Giannis goes right past them and dunks it like ten times in a row. It feels yeah. like, and, and it just it it. It's, I'll I'll tell you of all the great basketball players there are to watch, Giannis is not even close to the top of my enjoyment because his is just a barrel into you, knock you over. You know, he could can't when he pulls up for a three pointer. It's one of the worst shots you'll ever see. It never has a chance of going in, pretty much. <laughs> it look yeah. at you and Doyle out there at the basketball marathon doing the the two man contest, just brick, brick, brick. No, they wouldn't let him into the. They wouldn't let him back into the fucking arena if he looked like that taking a three pointer. <laughs> <laughs> they kick him out of Greece. Yeah. I'll tell you though, I really, I just, I really hate the Nets, and it sucks to see them doing so well. But I got to give them credit. They've they've really, really turned things around. I, at the beginning of the year, we were talking about them as like one of the laughing stocks in the league. And now oh, they're, oh, oh. yeah, they're, they're the 25 and 12 now. Jesus. Sheesh, you know. It's uh, only a time until one of those guys gets injured though, right? Or no? Or they do something stupid or, yeah, I mean, that that's, they're a very injury prone group and who knows, Ben Simmons, when was the last time he played a full season? Who knows Apparently. what could happen to him? Kyrie might start watching the wrong type of films again and go on some kind of rant. <laughs> well, Pat, it was like I said, um, the Lakers looked they were starting to get the get the ball rolling, and then Anthony Davis comes with a foot injury, which he, which is inevitable, yep. and he's up for indefinitely, and the Lakers are toast. Anthony Davis has got to be the most injury prone guy in sports. Oh my God! I remember thinking that when he came to the NBA. I was like, this guy's probably gonna be someone that's gonna deal with injuries his whole career. Yeah. We need to we need to roll back all of the shit that we talked last year about Zion, though. Yeah. But speaking of guys that we thought, you know, who knows how many games they'll ever play. I mean, he looks fantastic. Pelicans look like a serious contender in the West. So props to that guy who, who you, you took one look at Zion Williamson, at least I didn't said there's no way that this guy can continue to play basketball on this frame. But here he goes. So that's something to no, watch. He was like 350 pounds, it looked like last year. He was like <laughs> he was a milkshake short of starting that fucking like left tackle. He looked like he looked like Michael Orr on the blind side. Yeah, he was <laughs> enormous. It was like this guy is so out of shape and he has foot injuries. I was like, how could he play? Like we knew how talented he was, but now I don't know. He, he's taking it serious. Credit to him. Well, I would hold my breath if this guy makes it the whole season. I'll say that much. I think that's fair. I think you kind of got to prove it if you're somebody like that. So we'll we'll see. But it's going to be a fun uh, NBA stretch. I, I'm I'm looking forward to to seeing what happens. And the Celts got this little road trip. Hopefully they can they can get playing a little better than they did the other night. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about this, but I did want to bring up. Did you guys see the? Because I, this doesn't totally tie into my loser of the week. But did you see the new mascot for the for Washington football team? No, if you haven't. Please go on Twitter and and pull it up. Is his name Kami? No, it's not. It's it's worse than that. I guess, yeah, I guess, Major I guess. Tutty. Oh no! Look at him. It's absolutely insane. Is he a pig? Yeah, he's just a, a big, fat, horrible pig. Major. T oh yeah, that's weird. Major Tutty. Oh, yeah, guys, this is going to be. I'm yeah. going to send you guys a screenshot of him from in the locker room. From the he, almost of... looks... he almost just looks like an ugly white guy. He's, he's a very, he's hideous. They like, have a photo of him. At first, at first place, he doesn't look like a pig. He just looks like an ugly white guy. They have a photo of him. He's sitting in the, the locker room with his. Eliminated. Hands on his disgusting fat belly. It's like, what is this? Like, imagine you walk in the locker room, you see that, and it's hell. He looks it must like be so surreal. Off. It must just be totally surreal playing for that team, you know? Like, imagine like walking in and like they got the, you know, sometimes they have they have the new Sean Taylor dummy, mascot dummy up. You're like, what's what's the end of the day? You get into the locker room and it's the pig, Major yeah. Tutty. Oh, oh it's a haunting pig, a, a rotund, <laughs> disgusting pig now. And it's like, what cracked me up, I thought about making them the loser of the week, though I did make somebody from the organization my loser of the week this week. But um, because it's like everything's going sour for them. 
you know, the guy's going to be forced to sell the team. It seems like the Chantel thing was a disaster. And uh, they're like, hey, I got an idea. We know how to smooth things over. It's time to unveil Major Tutty. <laughs> this will be the trick. Uh, I, 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 I can never talk about that team without thinking about like the inner workings of, of whoever is running that marketing department. Those are got those are probably like good paying jobs, you know? And it's like they roll out disaster after disaster. They're a, they're an assembly line of bad ideas. They really are. I mean, they, the, from the, the coffee cups that had the state of Washington on it instead of DC to, it is, you know, one of the things we've talked about on this podcast before is like, there's so much money involved in this stuff, but yet somehow people who run a lot of it are so incompetent. Remember when we had the Giants as one of the losers of the week because they gave all the fans and fans appreciation day a medium soda, but you only got yeah. one per set of tickets that you had. So if you like were a family of four that had four tickets, you got one medium soda for free as a appreciation day. And it's like, yeah. what, did that guy get shit can and take a job over here and he's launching Major Tutty to try to put the bad press behind them? Hey, I think those families of four got four straws for the yeah, for the yeah, seven yeah. Uh, Pat, can I, uh, in, this, in that same vein, uh, much related, Ron Rivera, who is the Washington Commanders head coach. Yeah, let's save him because I have him as loser oh, of the week. Yeah, okay, all right, fuck. Okay, I, I should have known. That's right. That's right down your alley. Well, what did you think it was going to be, Mark? <laughs> there are plenty of losers of the of the week. There's a lot Name of losers the, in the Commanders front office, but but he he's mine. He he did not. Uh, all right, we'll well, talk about them at the end. We can nip that in the bud, but you go first. Okay. Yep. Cool. Uh, what else do we have? Then I feel like there have been some weird. There, I feel like there have been like weird sports stories circulating around the last few weeks. I mean, there's been like weird baseball stuff. Carlos Correa can't get signed uh, anywhere. He's got some mystery health injury. I was. I was, was going to mention the Correa thing. Wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it be just like the not to inject the Red Sox? Could you imagine they give him a one year, twenty million dollar deal? So is that deal with the Mets off now, or what are they saying? Yeah, I, be I, I believe so. I believe that they, they're they balking at the medical records as well. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure it's going to – I'm not sure they're not going to end up signing him, but I think that they're really worried about it. It's something about, like, he, like, broke his leg when he was in, a child or something and, like, never healed the right way. Really? What I read. Yeah. I mean, they, they've been – He's been playing for a while, and he seems fine. I don't know. That's really odd to me. Also, what a strange move by the Mets. Like, the Giants are like, hey, this guy's really bad medicals. And like, we'll give you the same deal. And then like, actually, never mind, we can't. It's like, was there no thought process there that maybe there is something wrong with him? Well, your head really, really is fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right. Well, let's take a quick break, then. We'll, we'll come back with three big questions. Welcome back to the show, everyone. In our first segment of the year, 2023 here. Um this is usually where we do three big questions, and usually they're very uh, focused on the last week of sports and during the NFL season. Obviously, we're very NFL-centric uh, in our content here. We're going to do uh, – we had a bunch of questions lined up to discuss uh, going into this week, but it seems a little ham-fisted and, and a little odd to talk about after the uh, scene on the field last night in the Bengals-Bills game. Um we're all really, you know, you know, thoughts and prayers for for Hamlin and his family. Um, there's a lot up in the air with the NFL scheduling, and it's just sort of impossible to get into the nitty gritty of of the X and O's of these games with that sort of hanging over everything. So I think we're just yeah. gonna keep it light this week, and uh, it's a perfect time to sort of do a 2022 recap. So that's what we're gonna be focusing on here. Three big questions this week, and I wanted to ask you guys just some sort of uh, big picture questions about things that happened in the Boston sports scene this year and what really stood out to you. So, so the first question, let's, let, let's, let's start at, uh, with an easy one. Who was your favorite sports team to watch in the Boston sports scene this year? Um, and who was your least favorite team to watch? Like who was, who really, who was really surprisingly enjoyable to watch who disappointed majorly um, who, whoever wants to start, feel free to jump right in. I feel like a lot of us will say the same thing here, but man, what a joy the Celtics were in 2022 from pretty much the low point was the end of 2021, right? Where it was like, Oh, we, we stink. And then the start of the new year, they immediately crushed the Suns. I believe it was on new year's day 
that could have been New Year's Eve. I can't remember, but that was like sort of when the turnaround started. And I went from not being sure what we had with the Celtics team to finding them one of the most enjoyable Boston sports teams I've watched, you know, ever really. Cause it was so surprising how quickly and rapidly things turned around. And it was just great to watch Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I thought, Al Horford's performance in the playoffs is something I'll always remember. It sucks they didn't win the title because I felt like that team had deserved it with, with how hard they played. But that salvaged where it was like, man, we have some bad teams around here right now. Like, we are in a bad way. And now it, it feels, you know, as it continued throughout this, this, this is like one of the better records the Celtics had. If you look at just calendar year, like end of last year and started this year, they've had in a long, long time. And they got to those 82 games. They won like 60 or something crazy like that. Yeah. So obviously so I'll, go, I'll go Celtics. Um, uh, they, I think it was a big deal that they made it through the Eastern conference. I know I, I, I remember saying on the podcast, do you guys think it was a little, do you guys concerned with the fact of how excited they looked after they, they won the Eastern conference and made it to the finals? And uh, no, I mean, I think it was a, I think it was great for them. They're, these, you know, Tatum and Brown, they're, they're two stars. They're both very young, 24, 26, I think, whatever. So that was a big step for them. Um, but I'll do honorable mention. I will go with the Patriots because I think that we lose sight of the fact of how horrible this season has been. Um, we forget how good and how likable they were for a, a big chunk of that season. I think when they won a five, six game winning streak. Uh, Mac Jones looked like he really started to come into his own. He's really started to click. Um, Judon was um, putting some pressure on for um, – I know we had a sour taste because they essentially got their asses kicked the last, you know, two games of the season, including the um, the Bills playoff game. But um, I will go with Celtics. Obviously, the, the, you know, they, were, they were one of the best teams that I've seen in a while. But um, honorable mention was the Patriots last year, who I think we lose sight of because of how crappy they were this season and how they haven't really taken that next step. But um, I think last year they were they were they were a good squad. I think they were. I think we they exceed yeah. expectations. Yeah, I mean they had a tough. If you're just doing calendar year, the Celtics are far and away the 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 best story of of 2022 because the the Patriots did have some exciting moments earlier in that season. But when the calendars rolled over to 2022, uh, the magic was sort of out of the. Yeah, that's the air there. Um, like that six game win streak was great, but again, I think that was that was probably right. earlier in the year, and then they sort of right. Because I remember they shit the bed against the Colts. I think yeah, we had, that was yeah, that was bad. yeah. So that's okay. So yeah, so good point. Um, oh, whatever. Yeah, you got I would say honorable mention for the the Bruins, who this year are often one of the uh, best starts in franchise history. They're doing a sort of a hockey version of the the last dance here with Bergeron and uh, everybody coming back. The gang got back together for one last chance at a trophy and uh, they hold the best record in hockey. So that's an under the, I think that's an underreported, especially on this podcast story um, for, for the Boston sports scene. So that would be, they'll be my honorable mention, but the Celtics far and away. I mean, there's, there's probably not a hotter team in sports in 2022 than the Celtics. Yeah. Um, no one picked What's the Red the, Sox. You guys didn't enjoy watching them this year. Well, that leads me to my 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 second question here is, um, I had a uh, biggest villain of 2022, and uh, I would just get, I was going to go first and leave this off by saying it's got to be Red Sox ownership, John Henry, and uh, and the uh, and the group up there in the front office with Bloom and the folks that have made the decision that uh, they're not going to spend any money and. Um, sort of dismantled a, a fun team to you want to talk about fun teams to watch a couple of years ago, Mark. I mean, that, that, uh, that Red Sox team that made it to the ALCS out of nowhere was great. And I think expectations were sky high for the Sox in 2022. Super disappointing year for them. Super, super disappointing year. John, so. Someone, um, someone on, um, uh, one of the sports talk stations made a great point yesterday referring to the, uh, Bruins Penguins, uh, winter classic. And he said, and the, the gentleman said, Please, the Bruins need to friggin' beat the Penguins because John Henry owns the fucking Penguins. <laughs> That's a good point. Dude, John Henry's turning into like the uh, the woman who took over the Cleveland Indians in major leagues, man. <laughs> <laughs> fucking A. He got Dude, he's brutal, 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 br
The owner of the Red Sox, uh, it, let this be known, owner of the Red Sox was actively rooting against the Bruins yesterday in Fenway Park. Fact. Did John, I couldn't yeah, agree. I, I, I don't really blame him for that, per se. I mean, I wouldn't expect I, him to root I, against the team, but. I agree. I agree, Pat, but my issue is that he's absolutely, he's he's actively, like John was just saying, they've they've taken away so much talent from this friggin' team. And like clearly, his his priorities are are um, um, divvied up, for lack of a better yeah, word. Yeah, he's, he's not focused, right? He's compromising his his his, uh, his his focus on the Red Sox, clearly or monetarily at least. Yeah, I mean, he, he he's John Henry went from a guy with such a great reputation in Boston, and not just him, but Lucino and Tom Warner, whoever else is is involved, of. You know, they came here and brought the first World Series to the Red Sox, turned them in, around into perennial contenders. We won several. So it sounds probably to people outside of Boston like, how can you turn on this guy after that? But it's not. If they were just losing, that would be one thing. You know, I, I don't generally don't get mad at the owners if the teams are losing. I yeah. get mad when you refuse to engage in actually trying to win. We right. Baseball is a sport with no salary cap. It's just about, is the owner willing to pay? And the answer for the Red Sox is no, they're not. <laughs> and they're just simply not. And so they won't. And so all the good players leave, and we are trotting out goofballs. Yeah. Like we have we have no – there's no realistic possibility of Rafael Devers re-signing with the Red Sox. It's very, very hard to imagine. Because you just let Xander Bogarts, who has – a few less red flags than Devers does, in my opinion. Walk. Well, the market is going to – I mean, he's going to make almost $400 million on the open market. So we're certainly not going to pay him that because we don't want to pay anybody anything. So, I mean, definitely I – th I think that 2022, as, as, as high as the highs were for the Celtics, the other teams have a lot of explaining to do around here. Um, who are some other, uh, some other people that had epically bad – 2022s that uh, either directly impacted the Boston uh, sports world or indirectly, you know, either somebody that you just hate playing against or Emi Udoka. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, what about uh, what? I mean, no one's going to mention Matt Patricia. No, I said Bill Belichick because he oh. hired Matt Patricia and Joe judge, you know, yeah. I, I, the bad year. This is one of the worst years Bill's had in a long time starting with getting absolutely pantsed in the playoffs <laughs> in 2022 at the beginning of the year, get humiliated on national television, the Sunday night game where they, they never had a chance. And then to hire his crony imbeciles <laughs> to run the offense is a disaster. So Bill had a terrible year, I thought. Yep. Horrible, 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 horrible. I mean, the, the, the Patriots have the, have such a great reputation for being a high high end organization that it's it's hard to imagine that the, that we've lived through this uh, debacle of a coaching situation. Um, but yeah, those guys are absolutely horrible. What else? Uh, what what else do we have to say about twenty twenty two? Any other notable stories that really stood out to you guys, or anything else that um, you would be you would be remiss if you didn't mention it in a in a twenty twenty two wrap up segment here. Is there anything else that you want to touch on? Hmm. Touch on sports wise in twenty twenty two Boston sports wise. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> no, it's you know, you it's, know it's kind of been a quiet year for Boston sports in some ways. Like the Celts made the finals, but I do sort of look at us and be like. We're, besides the Celtics, this is sort of a city in flux a little. The Bruins are obviously very good, but it is an older core that's probably moving to, you know, past its prime. And I hope, I pray they win the Stanley Cup this year. That'd be amazing. But it is going to be, I don't imagine these guys have a lot of years left together. They yeah. don't, right? And the Patriots are a young team in some ways, but also not a good team. So we don't know what's happening there. The Red Sox, a bunch of guys have left. So it sort of feels like we used to have a lot of teams to pin our hopes on, and it, we are kind of that's dwindling these days because the Sox and Pats have no chance, 
And yeah. so I guess the bees and salts, and maybe that's greedy to, to want more than that, but it is a, it's a, it's an influx time for Boston sports. We'll have to figure out who maybe is going to be the quarterback, who, who's going to be the star of the Red Sox, you know, who, who, who's coming in and, and, and things like that. Do you guys feel the way that I feel about this a little bit that I think part of the problem is, and uh, I think we're bearing it out in here a little bit is that the Boston sports scene for a long time was full of very charismatic, larger than life figures and we don't really have a lot of that going on right now. We, you know, we sort of live vicariously through Brady and Tampa. Um, you know, we have the Celtics have plenty of villains, you know, like, you know, we hate Kyrie. We hate some of these guys, but those kind of uh, big personalities are all sort of orbiting us in other cities. There's not really somebody who really um, commands a lot of attention from the, 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 the media market here, I feel like. It's a good point. We're so used to having Brady, right? Who is just this mega star who's looms over everything. You know, like when you think of sports in the United States, Tom Brady is one of the first people you would think of. It'd be like him and LeBron James would probably be the first two people that would come to mind these days. Yeah. And that's gone. And even to your point, like the Red Sox used to have Big Poppy, a synonymous name with baseball, right? Like he's everywhere and all kinds of commercials all over the place. Like anybody, people love big poppy everywhere. They, they know him well, even though Tatum's like one of the best players in the NBA, it's not like he's really at that level. And then the rest of it, the Sox have no personalities at all anymore. It's one of the more painful things about him. At least if they were losing, they had some guys you could really like, you know, love and root for. They don't have that. Yeah. I mean, I think we, we, we got to enjoy a decade of, or decades, depending on the player you want to focus in on of, we had Brady, we had uh, Kevin Garnett here for a, for it seemed like forever uh, with Paul Pierce and that whole that whole gang was very larger than life in the city. I mean, even uh, the Bruins had Chara, who was like a mountain of a man that everybody yep. recognized around town. And as far as hockey players go, that guy was a celebrity. Yep. Um, we don't really have a lot of that going on. The biggest celebrity in Boston sports right now is who? Is it still Belichick? Probably Tatum, I guess maybe. Yeah. Tatum's just like, I think he needs another year or two. He's so young that I don't think he like commands a ton of extra attention yet. But yeah. But so yeah, it's, it's a little bit strange. And and uh, yeah, the Red Sox don't have anybody. The Red Sox don't have anybody worth talking was it, about. Was it, I was just thinking about this, guys. Who would take over the reins for the Red Sox, uh, for the Sullivan Tires guy? It was Pedroia, then it was... I don't know, Chris Sale, or I guess it would be still be Chris Sale, but like, who would it be? Fucking Trevor Story, you know? Yeah. Trevor well, right. You know, I, I mentioned this, I think, probably on the show over the summer. Like, I went to a Sox game, and um, you can always tell what, like, they're like just reading the tea leaves, probably reading too much into it, but like, Xander Bogart's face used to be on everything. And at some point last year, they, they like stopped putting him front and center. And it was like a photo. It was like Chris Sale, Nathan Evaldi, and then like Xander Bogart's head like behind, is like in the back of a crowd. It's like, oh, they're not re-signing this guy. They're getting him off all the merchandise. And the guys that they have on the front of their, you know, mega to-go cup bottles are like middle-aged pitchers that nobody cares about. Oh my God, dude. Can you, put, you can't even put friggin' Nathan Uvaldi on the fucking cup. He's, he's gone. He's gone too. Yeah, they, they they don't have a lot to market to. Uh, you know, can I say one thing about the Nathan Yavaldi? This was maybe this is best saved for toss up. But one of the things that I he's leaving, and that's fine. And he was a good player here. I saw so many people being like Red Sox legend. <laughs> what are we doing? He had one legendary game. I will give him yeah, that. He had a legend. He had an incredible game. But like Steve Pierce is not a Red Sox legend. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Uh, Steve game. He lost that game. He was good in that postseason, and that was a huge game to save the bullpen. Blah, blah. He's not a. I guess. I guess if a legend is somebody who has one good moment, like is oh. Leon Poe Celtics legend? Leon Poe. <laughs> well, as much as Stephen Pierce, guys, if Stephen Pierce walked into your living room, would you know who that was? No, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing here, man? Get out. I'm trying to record this a is, podcast. This is a, this is a little bit uh, off topic, but it, it just you just reminded me of this. 
there was obviously that that horrible story where Willie McGinnis was uh, like assaulted that guy and then yeah. was arrested for it. He apologized for it on his own letterhead that says Willie McGinnis, NFL great. <laughs> It's like, I don't know, I just, it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. It's like, yeah, William McGinnis was a really good player. But, you know, drafting your apology letters for your violent crimes on a letterhead that, that you know, I don't know. What would your personal, like personalized letterhead say, Doyle? John Doyle, <laughs> some of a vagrant. Yeah, it would be like John Doyle, fantasy football legend. Like, is, that, is that really true? I've won, I've won a couple championships, not in a while. Fantasy, football, fantasy football, great, John Doyle. Incredible person, John Doyle. Yeah, yeah I don't know. All around great guy. It's like, who wrote this on this for you? <laughs> All right. Well, hey, does anybody have anything else before we hit the break? No, I, I'm good. I got it. That's, uh, that's what I had. All right. We'll be right back after this with this week's Toss Up. Welcome back, everybody. It is time for Toss Up. Uh, continuing a little bit of a trend from, from this three big questions. And this is actually an idea we stole from uh, Kyle Brandt from the NFL. He posed a great question on the, his podcast. And he said, what memes or trends do you hope stay in 2022 like social media graveyard what do we not want to hear anymore what do we just want what are we so sick of seeing online every time you log on what what do you hope we're done with for this year so what do you guys have i i'll say i guess i'll just say the thing i mentioned about nathan yavaldi where he was called a legend there's so much overreaction on social media stuff like that the minute somebody either leaves or retires or whatever they're always getting Call the legend. I hope that goes away somehow. I know it never will, but if I could get rid of one thing, that would be it. That's a good one. Um, how, how about? Um, I know it didn't start in twenty twenty two, but I hope it goes to bed in twenty three. How about uh, gender reveal parties? Oh, that's a good one. Have you guys ever been to it? I know you guys have never been to one, but have you ever been invited to a gender reveal party? No, I don't think so. I think, wait a minute, I have, wait a minute. No, I've never been invited to a gender reveal party. God. John, do you- I don't, we don't have any friends with kids, really. We have very few friends that have children. <laughs> Who would ever, th- like, like to all listeners out there, if you had a gender reveal party, you know, I'm going to apologize ahead of time, but I just feel like that's the most self-involved, like this most like self-involved, like, look at me, like, give me attention. We're going to fucking throw a party about revealing what our gender is for our child. And- All right, Mr. Thirst Trap Thursday and way back Wednesday and motivation. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm hoping Thirst Trap Thursday stays in 2022. I didn't think <laughs> that. <laughs> that might be the one I'm voting against. Yeah. No, that's, like, that's not a bad one. You wouldn't be the only one, Pat. <laughs> anyone, else who's subjected to, anyone else is subjected to having me on their algorithm. Yeah, I, I hate I hate people who post uh, workout videos of dead junk flopping around in the breeze. I hate when, yeah, I hate when people steal steal the uh, spotlight from my one year old son's birthday. <laughs> uh, I will say the gender reveal one is also a good one. In general, there's too much self celebrating online, right? So, I mean, that's I mean, we got plenty of parties. You know, people do baby showers, they do birthday parties. Do we need the reveal of the gender to be a party as well? I think I think the answer to that is no. In a similar vein, you know what I really can't stand and it's also baby related. Can we retire the um the photo of the baby with how many with like a calendar that says how many months old the baby is? Oh, good, good one, John. Fuck that. I hate that one. And it's like they have a blanket that says one month. They have a blanket that says two months, or it's like a sandwich board thing that's just like, yeah. yeah I don't know. I Can we put the too. people out of business that made those blankets, for God's sakes? I hate that too. God. You know what I forgot? You know what I hate the most? And Mark, you do this sometimes. Whenever calling somebody him, it's like, oh, Jason Tatum makes a basket and I post a highlight. The first 10 comments are him. Just in capital letters, like Mark loves saying that about Jimmy Garoppolo. Like <laughs> those, that I would love for that to be gone. Yeah, no more. He's him. Can we get rid of the goat emoji? That's been overused. Goat emoji is a great one. Everybody's the goat these days. Yeah, agreed. 
I, I have one other I have one other nitpicky social media thing is um, I hate people that post like reels or TikToks. And the whole premise of it is like they put POV. Like point of view. Mm. And it's not they don't like no one. I don't think anyone knows what POV is supposed to mean. It'll be like POV. Uh, you're a sandwich being eaten. And it's just somebody like eating a sandwich. It's yeah, like, no. Yeah. That would mean you're the sandwich, you dumb fuck. Like, I don't understand if you know what this is supposed to look like. But that's just you taking, like, a video of yourself doing something stupid. Yeah, I couldn't oh. agree more. There's a lot of those type of things that people do online all the time. That drive, that it's like the, what's the one where everyone's always like, uh, I don't know, need, know he, who needs to hear this, but. Yeah. yeah. Watching some story and it's like, nobody needs to hear it. Shut the fuck up. That's a good one. Like, I don't know you know, know you yeah. this, but you don't know anybody your time. It's like just play, praying that people will like it. And it's like, this means nothing. Everybody knows that. Oh, no. I, got another, I, got another good guys, I know you guys don't want, I know you guys don't have a TikTok account like I do. So it's more prominent on TikTok, but you see him on Instagram too. It'll be a split screen and on one will be like, let's say you can pick anything, but sometimes it's like a motivational speaker and the more motivational speakers speaking his whatever. You know, his motivational speech. And then there's a person just sitting down watching the video going like, like pointing like, yeah, listen to this guy. It's like, they get some fucking likes on this video, but it's not because of fucking you doing the reaction to the fucking video. You idiot. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. I like. I, I, we need to retire any of the videos where somebody is like speaking and they point to the word that appears over their head. Yeah. To see those. It's like motivation. Like they point at like the word that has appeared in the TikTok video. Get rid of that. Maybe get rid of TikTok altogether. I, <laughs> I think that would be good. I mean, I, you know what else? And this is now this is getting ranty. I don't like the, the voice that people use in the voiceover of those things. Oh, I never heard that automated voice. Yeah. Like that moment when. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. It's awful. Yeah. We sound old as hell. Yeah, I know. But it's true, though. Those are fucking annoying. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've got our uh, complaining about social media out of the way. There's plenty more, but I think we hit on some good ones that are really annoying. And I would be curious to hear from listeners. Like, is there stuff we're missing that doesn't pop up in our algorithms as much that's just as annoying? Um, yeah. Let's take a quick break, though. We'll be back with Loser of the Week. Welcome back, everybody. It is time for Loser of the Week. We've got a lot of losers. We're going to do Loser of the Year for 2022. Uh, Within the next couple of weeks, we've got to figure that out exactly. But um, we will get in our Loser of the Year, and we'll have some other guys to touch on that really had a bad, bad year, guys and gals. for this week, I mentioned who mine was going to be uh, earlier. Yeah, I've got Ron Rivera. You know, Riverboat Ron, <laughs> it's not the best coach, but he's not horrible. Apparently, though, he is not somebody who prepares very well, as the Washington football team uh, with the proud mascot, whatever it was, Porky or Major Tutty, whatever his name was, um, they were – shellacked by the Cleveland Browns 24 to 10 this week. And after the game, they asked Ron Rivera, you know, what his strategy would be if they, if the for quarterback in week 18, if the football team was eliminated and he did not realize that they could be eliminated, that he <laughs> just, he had no clue that the commanders could be eliminated. He had, didn't have any idea. He was like eliminated and he acted so confused and like, yeah, you, if the, Packers win, you're out. And he, like, tried to walk it back later, saying, like, he was just focused on what would happen if they won. But it's like, dude, what? (laughs) You you have to know every situation involving your team. You cannot be confused and be like, wait, what we got? What do you mean we're we're eliminated? How did that that happen? Well, when you have Major Tutty staring at you all day in the locker room, it's hard to focus. Yeah, probably true. Haunting the hallways there. It's like, I can't remember, a couple years ago, some quarterback didn't know you could tie. And it's like, how do guys not know the most basic things? Like that's just a, a such a big part of your job being like, Oh yeah, if we don't win this one. We're, we could easily be eliminated without anything that has to do with us. It's like, so strange. You're making, would he have started Carson Wentz if he knew that? Well, I thought that that was going to be about part of it for you too. Cause he starts Carson Wentz. And what did he go two for eight with like two picks to start the game or something? Yeah, insane? Three interceptions, no touchdowns. He was horrible. I don't know how he didn't get benched. 
And I think that like, but that's the thing, right? So I understand that coaches love to be like, we're just focused on what we have going on in the building. And that's like, a that's just like a cliche shtick too. But when you, when the coach doesn't know his chances of making the playoffs, it does make you question whether or not he's making the quarterback starting decision with all the relevant information. And there's no excuse for a head coach not knowing the whether or not his team is eliminated when the three of us jabronis host a sports podcast and know basically everyone's chances of getting into the playoffs. I mean, they literally beat the drum nonstop about who has what chances. They even have Kornacki on Sunday Night Football, like showing the percentages. If you just watch the game for like five minutes, you'd know. Also, you make a great point. Starting Carson Wentz in a must-win game is makes it's like, what are you thinking? He's literally a man who just tanked his team's playoff chances last year in a must-win game against abysmal Jaguars with the stink of Urban Meyer hanging on him. Carson Wentz managed to kill his team. You really like I, chips in the all the chips in the middle now. We need Wentz. Very strange, and, and uh, you know, even if even if you wanted to pretend like you had your head in the sand, there's no way every single person in that locker room gets a bonus if you make the playoffs. Don't yeah. tell me that you didn't know whether or not you were going to be making an extra $300,000 or something. You know, there's certainly an incentive in everybody's play, in everybody's uh, mind to make the playoffs. So to not know what your chances are is bananas to me. And also it's just funny because I, I like, I like Ron Rivera as like a, you know, he seems like a nice guy and like a solid, like a solid human being and a coach and like, it's, it just makes me think the stink of that whole organization has washed him away. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, that's an organization that will sink you. Yeah, he lost a lot, <laughs> lost a lot of credibility since his Carolina days, that's for sure. Yep. That's what's also been tough for you, Patty. That must have been tough for you because you used to love Riverboat Ron. Yeah, you stole his nickname for Christ's sake. Well, I had the nickname before him, but uh, I did like him, but he – you know, I'll be honest. I actually don't think he's that great of a coach. <laughs> I used to think he was better. And then like the more I watch, I'm like, ah, I'm not sure that he actually is that very good of a coach. Like he's, he, I mean, there's a lot of bad coaches, but he, he's not a great coach. Unfortunately, a great nickname. Uh, not a great coach. Nice guy. It seems like really nice guy, but mm-hmm. you know, maybe he should be in the studio. As a, there's an important lesson for you there, Pat, that the nickname does not make the man. no, <laughs> no, it doesn't. The man makes the nickname. <laughs> Mark, do you got a good one? Who do you who are you, who are you using this week? I'm gonna go with this gentleman named Toko. He revealed um, he bought a ridiculously realistic canine suit, which which cost him fourteen thousand dollars five hundred bucks. Speaking to the mirror, which apparently is um, some publication in Japan. Togo, he said in Japanese, I rarely tell my friends because I'm afraid that we will that they will think I'm weird. My friends and my family seemed very surprised to learn I became an animal. <laughs> Elaborating on why he's chosen this path in life, he added, since childhood, I have had this unspecific fantasy of becoming an animal. Um, so if this is, there's a picture... Um, there's a picture of, uh, of a dog. It looks like a... Um, like a, like a like the dog from Lassie, a collie. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know if this is the exact suit, but if it is, this man Toko from Japan bought a spent almost fifteen thousand dollars on a uh, a Lassie looking dog suit. I'm assuming. I love him saying, I love him saying my friend. I, I'm like, don't tell my friends and family this because they might think I'm weird. It's like, uh, you think? Yeah. Well, you think that they're going to think you're a nut job because they will. Of course they will. If my friend spent 14 bucks on a uh, an outfit that's weird, like an like a animal outfit, I would think that's weird. Let alone 14000 was $15,000. Yeah, this – I mean, I will say the one thing that probably that doesn't hold so true, like I doubt this guy has a lot of friends. <laughs> like, well- I highly doubt he's got – there's no – nobody turns himself into a dog – Who's like, yeah, I've been having such a great time and going to all these parties and meeting my friends at the bar. He probably spends a lot of alone time. Guys, so we have a lot of people to to let know. What would be more weird for you guys? Let's just I'll use myself as an example. Would it be more weird that you found out that I closetedly dressed up as an animal? Or if I did something we won't specify, but something fucking heinous. Like what would be like what would be more like Jesus Christ, are you serious? 
like something like if you did something like criminal versus yeah. dog thing. I was like, let's yeah. say I was like, uh, I was like, I was like, yeah, killing people or just, <laughs> I don't know, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? Like nothing. Yeah. I'm pretty bad press for the podcast. I got to be honest. Yeah, I, was like, I, was like, I was like a Grand Theft Auto. I was like stealing yeah. cars. It would be more surprising to me to find out that you were some sort of criminal mastermind. Yeah, no, I okay, you were up as a dog and rolling around in the dirt. No, that's not a good analogy. I know. <laughs> if you if you were like Vin Diesel boosting cars, I would be like, that is the most surprising <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my life. And then, you, but you know who fucking stole your carburetor now, at least. <laughs> yeah, if it was you, I mean, yeah, props you to you. My, you're the victim of crimes usually, not the perpetrators of them. You I'm had not use myself as an example. Someone else, not me. Someone less polarizing than. Well, I mean, I guess crimes happen more often. There's probably not as many people that dress up as dogs, so I'd be pretty surprised to find out somebody was turning themselves into a uh, collie at night. Would you? I would stop talking to that person, right? What? You'd stop. You'd stop talking to that person, right? Yes. I feel like we have such a bizarre group of friends that we've had for a very long time that there are like three or four people that if you told me that they were doing that, I would just, it wouldn't affect my day at all. I would be like, I can totally see that. <laughs> it's not, is it a sexual, it's not a sexual gratification. It's, it's, I don't know what it is. Just it's always just a strange the dog. Man. Yeah. Well, that's that. <laughs> um. Well, I have one, and this is – I think that this gentleman is going to be in the running for uh, late entry of Loser of the Year. Um, but I've really enjoyed this uh, story unraveling so far. Uh, my Loser of the Week this week is George Santos, the um, <laughs> congressman out of Long Island who – I mean, it's it, it's not funny because he won public office, but – it's sort of hilariously amusing that like everything that this man has said is a total bullfaced lie. And now every day, like another cascade of untruths are unraveled around this, this pathological liar. And I'm always just, I'm always just absolutely fascinated by people that can live their lives this way. This guy, um, this guy tweeted out that his mother died on nine 11 and then a few months later tweeted out like the anniversary of her death that he was thinking of her. He lies so frequently that you can easily dig up like the misinformation on his Twitter feed, like anytime you want. It's absolutely insane. He said that he was, he said that he's all different ethnicities. The nine 11 one was bad. This guy is just so full of it that I don't know. I mean, I can't remember if, I can't remember hearing about anybody who was just this batshit nuts. So George Santos is my loser of the week, and I think that he's a, a pretty good one candidate for loser of the year. Oh, he's definitely good. He sneaks in the, the door as a good candidate for loser of the year. And this is like everybody, every liar's worst nightmare. It's like I've told so many lies, I can't keep track of them all. <laughs> oh, shit. And, like, they've not just been found out and your family – like, usually a liar, like, oh, your family catches you or whatever and there's personal shame. This guy is now going to have to go to Congress and, like, everybody there and everybody in the world, like, yeah, this guy is a complete fucking liar. All the stuff he said is not true. We just – like, how could he ever get another job again? I know. I know. And like the thing that kills me is like, it's not like all of the lies are, are necessarily lies that he told to gain public office. Like just, just trying to spike the football on somebody and saying that your mom died on nine 11 is like an absolutely insane thing to do. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> and, that, and then like, dude, it's so disprovable. Yeah, right. I mean, that's there's some of the, some lies you tell, like nobody could totally like I had a three point eight in height in college. Like that's kind of hard to disprove because they got to get your trans gets or whatever. Like right. not the easiest thing. It could be disproven, but it takes some legwork. Be like my mother died in nine eleven, and then also tweeting out like I miss my mom every day. This is when she died three years ago on this day, which is not nine eleven. It's like yeah. okay, well what? Uh, I liked one that he said that uh, he was talking. He like tweeted something out about uh, how he understands like the the trials and tribulation of being biracial and somebody was like, well, how are you biracial? He said, I'm half black. And it's like very easily disprovable. 
Like he's just, and he said he was, he said he was Jewish. I don't think he's actually Jewish. I mean, all of these things, like you said, it's like, they're very, I mean, it's not like the college transcript. It's like, we know your mom didn't die on 9-11, sir. Yeah. Also, what, what a crazy move to be lying about that much stuff and be like, you know what? I'm going to run for public office where they will absolutely examine all of this stuff and put it. You know, if he just had a regular job at like a bank and he was lying about this stuff, it probably never comes out because nobody really cares to dig into it. He's just a weirdo who slinks along being a liar to the people in his life. But it's like, oh, no, I'm going to run for a job where I'm certainly going to be investigated by the media. Yeah. If you were on some sort of like mind altering drug and told somebody that your mother had died on 9-11, you would never see that. You would seek out to never see that person again because you'd be so ashamed. Be like, yeah, I'm excommunicated from my life. (laughs) Yeah. That's fine. It will be more weird having a friend that lies all the fucking time or a friend that low-key dresses up as Lassie. Well, we actually do have friends that lie all the time. Yeah, I'd say we got plenty of friends that lie all the time. <laughs> yeah. we, got plenty, we, got, we know plenty of liars. So, it's, it's, believe me, that's the least. If you told me, hey, it turns out this guy's been lying about everything, I'd be like, yeah, I know that he's lying. He's always lying. <laughs> like this guy, we hang out with a lot of liars. So, uh, yeah, they, may be, they may be dressing up as dogs because the guys we know lie so much that it's like, what'd you do when you got home? It's like, nothing, just went to bed. And little do I know they're digging a hole in the backyard in the lasting costume. Yeah, I know that, yeah, I know that, that um, this isn't good radio, but uh, what's on your sweatshirt? I, I've been trying to read your sweatshirt this entire day. Uh, it's Super Mario. It's a Mario Brothers sweatshirt. Nice. Did you get that for Christmas? No, I've had it for a little bit. I forget when I got it. Maybe maybe six months ago, something like that. Nice. Oh, Thank you. I'm yeah. looking forward to the Mario Brothers movie whenever that comes out, even though for some reason Chris Pratt is playing Mario. Oh, you know, one thing we should say, uh, congrats to our buddy Hodge. He won the podcast league. Well, we will be, yeah, we will be getting him on the show at some point. He no. vanquished our Tim Tom Cribbit, who was going for two years in a row winning. Yeah, Pat, so, no, we should probably ask Brian, because um, he doesn't mind sharing a spotlight. Should we snip? Kill two birds with one stone and get uh, Chugs or Bones on the same episode? No, we got to get Chugs his own moment. <laughs> You put up uh, one of the worst fantasy seasons ever, Mark. Three and 11, 11 straight losses. Well, that's, just, that's just not true because I fucking did better than I did last year. Yeah, but you you barely you didn't break fifty points the last like six weeks of the year. I don't. Think. Next season, oh. my year, guys. Yeah. Call me on it. Uh, all right. Well, that's it for this week. We'll plenty to watch, I guess, this week, and. Uh, We'll be back into our regular schedule moving forward after our little holiday sabbatical. A lot of 2022 stuff still to dive into to, to wrap up over the next couple of weeks, including, as we mentioned, Loser of the Year, some best movies and TV stuff. So it should be a fun January. Can't wait. All right, boys. Until next week, save it for the podcast.